Hey, everyone, I want to thank you again for joining us for this online service of the Hershey Free Church. My name is George Davis. If you've got a Bible, I want to invite you to join with me in turning to the New Testament letter of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. As we continue our journey through this book, uh, let me share a story that some of you have heard me share before. A few years ago, my family and I were uh, visiting friends in the Dominican Republic, and one day our friends took us out to the beach. So I'm sitting on the beach with my family, enjoying the sun, and, and a group of guys walk out onto the beach, and they sit in the row of seats right in front of us. I recognized one of the guys immediately. It was this guy. This is Carl Lewis. Many of you probably recognize him, one of the great athletes of the 1990s, an amazing track and field athlete, nine-time Olympic gold medalist. Once I saw him sit down, I leaned over to my son who was on my left and I said, hey, do you want to meet an Olympic gold medalist? And he kind of looked at me surprised. So I grabbed my three sons and, and we walked around to the row in front and I walked up to Mr. Lewis. I said, Mr. Lewis, I'm sorry to interrupt. I said, my name is George Davis, but I just wanted my sons to have the opportunity to meet an Olympian. And so we had this brief conversation. It really was enjoyable. He, he could not have been more gracious. There was only one problem with the entire experience, and that was this. As I'm standing there in front of this guy, Carl Lewis is three years older than I am. And I looked at him, and he is still in amazing physical condition. He looks like he could still compete at an international level. I looked at him. There's no fat on his body. I looked at him, and then I kind of looked at me. I looked at him. I looked at me, and, and it was not a good comparison. I enjoy running, but, but I can never run like he can. I enjoyed that conversation, but I walked away looking at this guy going, I can never do what you do. Have you ever, have you ever had those kinds of experiences before? Maybe, maybe you've actually had that experience if you've been part of our series as we've been going through the book of Philippians. Over the last few weeks, we've been working our way through this letter. It's a letter that invites us to resilient joy. That is, Paul encourages us to develop this kind of joy that can thrive and flourish even in difficult circumstances, even in the midst of a pandemic. And, and as we read this letter, we also see evidence of his own life. And we, we learn that this guy is thriving even though, even though he's in prison. And even, even as I looked at Carl Lewis a few years ago, you can now look at the Apostle Paul and you kind of go, oh, that's great, Paul. It's great that you're, you have such a good attitude. It's great you're so encouraged. It's great you have such a sense of purpose and mission. But, but I could never do that. Maybe you just want to say right now, Paul, I get, I get that you were doing well in the midst of hard circumstances, but right now I'm just tired in the midst of all we're going through. I'm tired of the disruptions. I'm tired of the uncertainty. I'm tired of having to change plans. I'm just, I'm just tired. But here's, here's what Paul does. Even, even as he is describing his own experience, there really comes a point in the middle of chapter three that I, I think he's looking at you and he's looking at me and he says, hey, by the way, <laughs> I'm not in this by, by myself. You are in this with me. This applies to you as well. In fact, as we come to the middle of chapter 3, I think one way to think about the big idea of this part of the letter is this. Paul is saying, you know what? If you are a follower of Christ, you are in the race. So run to win. And of course, part of me, you know, part of me wants to push back and say, wait a minute, Paul, I'm not, I'm not really an athlete. I mean, I just told you I, I don't compare to Carl Lewis. And Paul, Paul says, no, 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 you don't get it. If you are a follower of Christ, 
You are in this race of following Jesus. So you need to run to win. In fact, in this section, he uses athletic imagery to describe what it means to be a Christ follower. So now let's come to the the middle of chapter three in Philippians. Paul says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now notice, notice first of all, uh, Paul is looking back. Not that I have already obtained all this. He's looking back to what he's just described. In the previous paragraph, he is, um, he's talked about knowing Christ, knowing Christ personally, the power of the resurrection, and, and knowing the reality of the cross and being shaped by this message. And he says, you know what? I, I haven't obtained all this yet. And what he's saying is that ultimately he's not going to attain this until Christ comes again, until we experience the, the, the knowledge of Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. So he continues, not simply by looking back, but, but also by looking forward. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Notice as he looks forward, he says, you know, I'm pursuing this goal of knowing Christ. And ultimately, that's going to be fulfilled when we reach the new heavens and the new earth. That's when we will know Christ fully. And as he describes the journey of getting there, notice he uses athletic imagery. He talks about the goal to win the prize. And the language here is is clearly athletic in in orientation. So that's the imagery in the back of of Paul's mind. As you continue reading the passage, Paul says that, you know, all of us need to think this way. In other words, all of us, if we're followers of Christ, are in this together. All of us are to be pursuing this prize. We're to win the prize. And and when Paul talks about winning here, he's not talking about outperforming other people. He's talking about pursuing this prize of knowing Christ with focus and intentionality. So Paul says, look, you're in the race, so run to win. Now, you know, at this point, at this point, we might want to say, okay, Paul, you know, this sounds great, Paul. It's, it's so inspirational, but, but man, I, I just, I don't, I don't see myself in it. I, I don't see myself in what you are describing. And, and if, that's, if that's your initial response to this, I think there's several things Paul wants us to keep in mind, just to help us encourage us in taking this seriously. First of all, I, want, I think he wants us to see this. God's grace is both a gift and a responsibility. God's grace is, is both a gift and a responsibility. I used this, this kind of language when we started this series talking about joy, that in Philippians, joy is both a gift and a responsibility. And if you read this letter carefully, I think you will see that at, at different points, as Paul is talking about God's work, Paul can talk about God's work as, as both a gift and, and a responsibility. So, for instance, Paul says, look, I'm I'm pressing on, I'm striving, I'm pursuing. But he says, I'm, I'm doing that because Christ has pursued me, right? Notice what he says here. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Interestingly, these, these are actually the same word. Paul uses the same word twice. And so he's saying, look, I, I am pursuing Christ. And remember, he uses the the imagery of an athlete in training. So this is intentionality, it's focus. I am pursuing Christ. There's the responsibility, but I'm doing that 
because Jesus Christ has pursued me. So for Paul, grace is always a gift. It's always the manifestation of God's initiative, of God's desire to be for us. So as Paul is telling us to run the race, he says, look, you need to understand that God's grace is both a gift and a responsibility. If, if you are in this race, you've been given this grace. So understand both dimensions of this reality. And let me show you why I think this is important. And, and I'll do this by, by showing you what happens if we only focus on one of these. So for instance, what if we only, what if we only focus on the responsibility side? That is, when I think about, you know, being a follower of Christ, I, I just focus kind of on the responsibility that that, that entails. Well, I think when we only focus on the responsibility side, what that produces, among other things, it can be burdensome Christianity. It can be legalism. It can be weighty. I think that approach fosters church communities where, where we feel pressure to measure up to certain behavioral standards. And when we fail to measure up, we feel isolated. Furthermore, if you only focus on this concept of responsibility, I think the commands of the New Testament become a sense of duty. That is, if all I see is my responsibility, I read the New Testament, it tells me to love other people, and well, I got to love other people because that's my duty. It's my responsibility as, as a follower of Christ. But I would challenge you to understand this. If you look carefully to the commands of the New Testament in their context, you will see that ultimately they are not grounded in duty. They are grounded in identity. That is, when Paul tells us to live a certain way, he's saying, you need to live this way because this reflects who you are as a recipient of God's grace, right? Paul can say, live a life worthy of your calling. That is, live in a manner consistent with, with who you are. So when I read this command that I'm, I'm to love others, it's not ultimately grounded in duty. It's grounded in the truth that, that I'm now a recipient of God's grace. I'm a recipient of God's love, and that love ultimately can empower me. It can free me. It can enable me to learn to love others well. So the, the, commands, the commands of the New Testament really flow out of, of, of a sense of identity, not, not a sense of duty. And so I would challenge you, if, if right now Christianity is in your life being reduced simply to a sense of duty, I think you need to come back to the reality of God's grace. And God's grace is a gift. That God's initiative always goes before us because he is for us. And we now find our identity in him. By contrast, what happens if we only focus on the idea of God's grace as gift? Right? I mean, we're saved by grace. Let's just live in grace. And, and, and that's all we see. And we, we don't think about the responsibility part, that this grace actually enables a new way of living. I think if I only focus on the gift side, over time I will choose the path of least resistance. Remember, in this passage, Paul uses the imagery of an athlete in training. And some of you have been in training. I know some of you, you're training even now, maybe for something upcoming. We've got people in our church who've done Ironman triathlons. We've got marathon runners. And when you're in training, you, you know, it, it involves stretching and pushing and straining and sweat. I mean, there's a, there's a stretching, challenging dimension to that. And Paul says, you know what? This, this will be your experience of following Christ at times. You're going to be stretched. However, if, if I only see grace as, as a gift, 
whenever I hit those stretching parts, I'm, I'm going to be tempted just to back off. You know, grace is supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be easy. There's not supposed to be any strain or effort in it. So I'm just going to back off. And I, over time, will always choose the path of least resistance. For instance, I think for some of us, a place in life that can be stretching and straining for us is handling conflict with other people well. And, and if all I do is see grace as a gift in those moments, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be tempted just to back away, to run away, to avoid. And yet the Bible stretches me to handle those situations differently. So if you, if you always find yourself backing away from that which is stretching or uncomfortable, let me remind you that grace isn't simply a gift, it's, it's also a responsibility. So I think Paul wants us to keep this in mind. Hey, look, you're in this race. And as you're in this race, you need to understand this grace that is at work in your life is both a gift and a responsibility. I think another thing that he wants us to keep in mind is this. The journey is about progress, not perfection. The journey is about progress, not perfection. Look again at how this passage starts. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, once again, remember what Paul has just said. He's, he's, he's just been talking about knowing Christ, direction, being shaped by the cross. And he says, but, but understand, I, it's not that I've already obtained all this. He wants to be clear. Look, I haven't fully arrived. I'm, I'm not at the final goal. I don't want you to have any misconceptions that I always get things right. I never make mistakes. I never get stuck. And why is he saying this? Because he wants us to see that this journey... This race that we are in, it's, it's about progress, not perfection. I don't know about you, but I, I find this really reassuring and comforting. Let me ask you this question. You know, we've been going through this pandemic now for multiple months. And in the course of these different weeks, have you found yourself at some point just almost running out of gas going, you know what? I am just so tired of this. I am just so done with this. Have you experienced those moments? I kind of hit a wall a couple of weeks ago. I thought I was doing pretty well. And at the last minute, we had to change our vacation plans due to the coronavirus. I'm on the phone having to change reservations. And I, was, I, just, I just felt internally just this frustration, this anger. You know, I am so done with this. Maybe you've had those moments as well. And maybe you're, you know what? I'm so bored because I wasn't able to get a summer job. I'm so frustrated that I can't spend time with my extended family or my grandkids like I would like to. I, I'm tired of being around my family all the time. I'm tired of having to work from home. And, and we hit maybe these really revealing moments where it just feels like we're, we're out of gas emotionally and spiritually. And I think then for some of us, after we hit these moments, then we beat ourselves up. You know what? I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I, I'm not supposed to be frustrated. I'm, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to get upset. It's on having to make these reservations. And, and yet we need to remember what Paul is saying here. You're in this race. You're in this journey. But it's, it's about progress, not perfection. In fact, notice, notice what Paul says um, a little later. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Now, here's where this gets interesting. This, this word group that Paul uses here for mature means mature perfect. It's the same word group he used earlier when he said, I've not arrived at my goal. And this is the point where you kind of want to look at the apostle and go, hey, wait a minute. What are you saying? This doesn't make sense. First, you say, in essence, I'm not mature or perfect. 
And then later you say, but this is exactly how those of us who are mature or perfect should think. And you're like, Paul, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. How do, you, how do you put these statements together? Well, here's what, here's what I think Paul is getting at. Um, one, one scholar has brilliantly described it this way. For Paul, maturity consists in knowing that you have not yet reached maturity. Maturity consists in knowing that you have not yet reached maturity. And, that, and that, I think that's actually implied, right? It's about progress. It's not perfection. Those who are mature don't always get it right, but they understand that they are on this race. They're on this journey, and it's about taking next steps along the way. You're in the race, so, so run to win. Last year, I was at a pastor's conference uh, with a small group of pastors, and during a lunchtime, I I was seated next to a guy in his early 30s who had just become a senior pastor of a large church in another part of the country. And during the meal, he looks over to me and says, George, he said, I'd like like to ask you just a few questions. I want to learn from your experience. I've got to admit, there was a little part, there's a little voice in the back of my head that kind of went off and said, you know, George, he's right you do have a lot of experience. You will have all the answers to his questions. He can learn much from you. So we talked through his questions. I tried to answer them to the best of my ability. And then then at one point, I turned to the conversation. And I started asking him some questions about his background and what he was doing, how he was dealing with certain issues. And the more I listened, the more I was, I was learning. The more I listened, the more I realized, hey, I don't have all the answers just because I've got a lot more experience than he does. This guy's got some great insight into certain cultural realities. And I want to get to know him better because I want to learn. You see, maturity isn't about having all the answers or having arrived. It's about understanding that you're in this journey, a journey that's about progress, not perfection. I think there's one other thing to highlight in this passage in terms of a way that Paul is encouraging us to run this race. Hey, if you are a follower of Christ, you're in this race, so run to win. And that is this. It's clear from this passage that Paul says, to move forward, you have to leave some things behind. To move forward, you have to leave some things behind. Paul talks about, you know, he's, he's in this race. I'm running to win. That is, I'm running to be focused on the prize of knowing Christ. But in order to do that well, I'm going to have to leave certain things behind along the way. So he says this, but one thing I do, right? And the one thing I do is I'm focusing on Christ. And then he says exactly how he's focusing on Christ, what it looks like. And he highlights two things. I'm forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And in Greek, these two statements are parallel. That is, they're intended to go together. And Paul is saying, look, these steps have to go together. In order to move forward, you've got to move, leave certain things behind. In order to move forward, you're going to need to leave certain things behind. I think for the Apostle Paul, what he's leaving behind are certain attitudes, certain approaches to the law. He's just described that earlier in chapter 3. What he's leaving behind are certain achievements and accomplishments in, in his past. And what he's saying is, look, I'm, here's, here's how I'm approaching life now. It's different than I approached life in the past. I'm having to leave this other stuff behind. Now I'm focusing on leaning into Christ and, and being known by him and allowing that to shape my identity and my relationships with other people. Now understand, I don't think Paul is naive here. He's not denying that uh, we're influenced or shaped by our past. 
He's not saying we just pretend the past never happened and we move forward. I don't think he's saying that because, you know, as we know, for many of us, our, our past shapes and influences us deeply. For instance, last fall in our Struggle is Real series, we talked about the ways our families of origin can shape us and, and influence us. And, and some of you know what that looks like in a very real and tangible way. So Paul isn't, I don't think he's denying that, well, we just, we can't be influenced by our past. We just pretend like it never happened. That's not what's going on here. But I think what he is saying is this. He's saying that past, that's not going to be my focus. I'm going to look ahead. My focus is is going to be on Christ, and I'm going to allow this new relationship to be the lens through which I process everything else. But, you know, I, I think we need to understand him clearly. At times, moving ahead does involve leaving certain things behind. Sometimes it's leaving behind certain attitudes, attitudes that we allow to go unchallenged in our minds. Sometimes it's about leaving behind certain habits or patterns of engaging others. Sometimes it's about leaving behind certain mistakes or failures. In fact, I would would encourage you even right now just to wrestle with this question a bit. In order to move forward, is there something I need to leave behind? In order to move forward, is there something that I need to leave behind? So Paul says this, look, you may not believe me, you may not fully grasp hold of this, but if you are a follower of Christ, you are now running this race. So run to win. If you are a follower of Christ, Recognize you've been called into this new relationship with Christ where you are, you are to grow in that relationship. And over time, that, that relationship is to shape your identity, your, your outlook, your attitudes. You're in this race, so run to win. If you are a follower of Christ, you have been called into a new community. The community we call the church. It's not perfect. It can be challenging. It can be messy. But you've been called to be in relationships with other people who are also in this journey with you. You've been called to love and be loved, to serve and be served. So run to win. If you are a follower of Christ, you've, you've been called into a new way of life. A life where you live as part of his mission. A life where you live out your faith in your, your relationships, your school, your workplace, your neighborhood, your community. So run to win. Paul says, look, if you know Jesus, you are now in this race. So run to win. Run to win. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we, we come to this pal- pa- passage and we are, we are just challenged by Paul's example. And there's so many amazing things about this guy who was such a powerful leader in the ancient world. And yet, even as he talks about his own experience, he draws us in and says, look, we're in this same race. We're in the same race where we, we're now to run to win. That is, run in a, such a way that we are focused on continuing to grow in knowing you and, and reflecting who you are. So, Father, I pray that we would take that seriously. Father, I pray that that we would understand this grace at work in our lives is both a gift and a responsibility. Father, I pray that we would see that this is about progress, not perfection. So we don't have to get hung up every time we make a mistake. 
And Father, I also pray that we would understand that, you know, to move forward, there's certain things that we need to leave behind. And right now, there's some things that some of us need to to be intentional about seeking to leave behind. And I pray your spirit would just make that known to us, that even now, he would be working to challenge us in in new directions. Father, I pray that we, we would see as followers of Jesus that we really are in this race. So let's run to win. Amen.